Hey friends, as you know, we are in the book of Job, and today we find ourselves in chapter 4. So what we've studied thus far through the first three chapters, we know a great tragedy has happened in Job's life. It's just over the top, and it's just that. It's a tragedy. Yet, to go beyond that and to begin to speak for God as to both why it's happening and what Job is supposed to do only adds to the tragedy. Uh, it's rare that there's a direct correlation uh, between what someone has done and the consequence in terms of what happens, the cause and effect, and particularly with God. God usually is doing far bigger and greater things than we can imagine. And yet oftentimes, friends of Job and our friends will come with this tit-for-tat understanding of God, that you did this, therefore God is doing that. And it can add to the pain that someone's going through. So the best thing Job's friends did uh, was to stay quiet. People are in pain, they're suffering, uh, they need love, they need understanding, but they don't need explanations and they particularly don't need so-called prophetic words unless they're truly from God. So in this particular case, this gentleman, Eliphaz, uh, comes to Job with poetic language and imagery that's common for Semitic prophets and in his words, uh, he comes representing God, but he really isn't. And it would have been better, better for him to remain silent. But this is what he says in verse 2. If, if someone ventures a word with you, will you be impatient? Well, but who can speak from, keep from speaking? And now he begins to speak. And what he does through this chapter four is he judges Job for uh, his impatience in his character, and then he, he indicts them for being the person that's always there for other people, and now you can't take your own medicine, Job. Uh, and then he, finally he says that these kind of things don't happen to people if they're innocent. You must have sinned and done something wrong and calls Job uh, to repent. So, and then he closes with a bunch of poetic mumbo-jumbo, uh, which I would call God talk, to actually condemn Job. So we don't always have the answer, and we don't need uh, to have the answer. I have a huge Y file in my life for things I don't know why they've happened. Sometimes the rain falls on the just and the unjust, and sometimes it's been connected to something, but not completely, and sometimes other things. So we put those things in the why department, in that why file, but the bigger thing is not why. That's not wisdom. It's the what. What should I do now? And we're gonna get to that at the end of Job. So what can we learn from this? The first thing is you see a brother and sister in pain. Number one, love them. Just love them. Secondly, listen to them. 
Just listen and listen and listen. Thirdly, let God, here's the third L, pray. Let God speak. Let God give the answers. Let God move. And then fourthly, let them. Let them guide you as to what you should do, say, or not say. What I usually do, if someone asks me a question, I say, are you looking for advice or are you just looking for a sympathetic ear? And I let them tell me what they want. And I want to be very, very careful if I do give them advice not to say anything that God hasn't given me to say. And so you might give them multiple choice. There could be this, it could be this, it could be this, it could be this. But that's not ultimately what they really need. They need um, you to love them, to listen to them, and for you and I to pray for them. Father, thank you that you have loved us with an everlasting love. And uh, Father, we want to be uh, like you. And we don't want to be like Eliphaz who just said so many things that were inappropriate. And so, Father, use us this day to be the fingers, the fingerprints, the hands and feet, the ears of Jesus to our friends and loved ones. In your name, amen.